The second tranche of regulations that were published two months ago clarified many questions regarding Opportunity Zone businesses. But what are some strategies for operating business investment that OZ funds should consider? Find out next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. And today I'm joined by Ashley Tyson, founder and CEO of the O's group of companies, which includes the O's Investment Fund and O's Consultants. Ashley and I met at the Opportunity Zone Expo in Las Vegas just a few weeks ago, and today he joins us from his office in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Uh, Pleased to be with you. And Please learn more about you and what you're doing over there. So to start us off, let's just dive right in here. Tell me about your Opportunity Zone fund, the O's fund. And um, I understand it invests in operating business. And uh, But tell me what differentiates it from most other Opportunity Zone funds available today. And, and maybe you can tell me why I'm pronouncing it O's instead of Oz or O-Z. Well, it's kind of an interesting uh, um, conversation and an interesting backstory so when I first found out about Opportunity Zones back in, uh, it was actually almost a, a little over a year ago, it was at the beginning part of May of 2018, I started doing my research and got really excited about the program. And so like you know, all good entrepreneurs do, jumped into my GoDaddy account and started taking down uh, domain names and you know, was trying to figure out different abbreviations on Opportunity Zone and stumbled on Oz. And so took down Oz Investment Fund and some other Oz stuff, including our website now, which is www.ozrollover.com. And I called my my buddy that does trademarks and I said, hey, listen, I want to you know get this stuff trademarked. And so he filed the application and it came back and uh, it was not trademarkable as as we filed it. And so um, a little bit later on, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody and um, he was talking about uh, a, a word and I was telling him about Opportunity Zones and Oz. And he's like, well, he said, it sounds what people are looking for in what you're describing is that they're looking for true power. And you know what the word for true power in Greek is, right? And I said, no. And he said, it's O's. And I was like, yes. So uh, that became how we got the bar over the O. So I, I, I slapped the bar on it and sent it back to the trademark attorney. And, uh, and you know, lo and behold, we, we're, on, we're in business. So that's how O's was birthed. And... You know, I, I think from the outset, what we've tried to do is to come up with creative processes and um, kind of a, to set ourselves apart and to set ourselves apart in the concept of not only doing good, but also of really knowing our stuff and coming up with creative solutions that we can incorporate into the Opportunity Zone program, but that can deliver uh, great benefit for our investors and for our clients. And so that's what led to the, you know, to the first fund, which is an operating business fund that is set up as a C-corp. And I think that's probably the most unique piece of it 
that our qualified opportunity zone business is going to function as a C corporation. The fund itself will be a pass-through entity, but the QOZB will actually be a C corp so that not only we can not only take advantage of the multiple arbitrage as we're funding this company that we've identified, which is a, a great operating partner and who's you know been very successful in their chosen industry. Uh, it's a company that's actually outside of Charlotte called Synergy, and they are in the construction cladding business and have done a great job of really making an impact in their communities with the investments that they've made in previous companies as well. And they have an opportunity to consolidate their industry. They've got four potential acquisition targets. And so we are funding them. We're actually buying them. And I'm engaging their management team to assist us in going out and acquiring you know, four of their competitors to roll them up into kind of one bigger business, which will not only be able to, to kind of to glean the benefit of that multiple arbitrage of buying at a three and selling at a six, but we'll also be able to do that tax-free. And kind of the benefit and the reason why we went the C-Corp route is that instead of taking proceeds and returning it to investors that they're going to pay taxes on, usually in that 39% range, we're able to pay a 21% C-Corp tax and then reinvest the difference into buying more businesses, into growing, into making a difference in the areas that we're in and, and building that asset that we're ultimately going to exit on the back end of our fund you know, in 10 to 14 years, either by selling to another private equity group or a strategic partner, or we've also looked at the possibility of you know, doing a public offering ourselves to where we're able to then turn the benefits of that and the growth of that investment back to our investors tax, you know, with no capital gains tax. Right, right. You mentioned uh, synergy and the construction business. Which other types of businesses are you targeting in this uh, operating business OZ fund or O's fund, excuse me? So the first one that we're doing in the first fund is specifically geared to uh, Synergy and to growing that business specifically. And uh, I, I think we've got, you know, we've got the ability and, you know, this kind of goes back to how most people were deploying funds and how you were, how we had to approach them uh, at the outset, kind of pending, you know, the, the regs that came out is that we needed to be able to identify how we were going to put the money to work. And I think that that's an important thing for investors to look at is that their fund manager actually doesn't just have a plan to say, oh, well, we're going to generally buy this in the opportunity zones and we're going to find great deals. But they've actually got the ability to put the money to work and put the money to work you know, as quickly as possible. And so in this fund, we've specifically are going to buy Synergy and we're going to buy um, maybe four to five of their competitors that we've already identified and, and, and we're in negotiations with right now um, that, you know, that we can put investors money to work, you know, fairly quickly. Good. So talk numbers with me for a minute now, Ashley, what's your target raise for your Opportunity Zone fund and how much have you raised so far? What's the minimum investment if I'm interested in investing with you? And uh, what types of returns are you expecting? So we it's a $25 million fund and we are literally just going to market with it. So we actually have not raised any money yet because we're, um, we're literally just turning it on to investors. 
maybe by the time this thing airs, we will have uh, have turned it on to investors. And um, I'm pretty confident that we'll have money in the door. We've got um, from just kind of the general uh, conversations that we've had, we've got a number of interested parties who are really excited about what we're doing and are really excited about being able to put their capital gains dollars to work in this space, this private equity space. And I think that one of the reasons why they are is namely that they're, they're really excited about Rick. Um, Rick Sabbath is the guy that, uh, that is running Synergy right now and, and his approach to private equity and how he's run his companies. But then number two is that they're excited about private equity type returns. So we're literally just under 20% on an IRR basis with uh, 19.69 with a 5.57x um, projected profit multiplier. So it's, um, I think we've got a, a really attractive return for our investors and, um, and a great plan with great folks that are backing up that plan and executing on that plan. Good. So yeah, we're recording this episode on June 3rd, and I expect it'll probably air um, around the middle of this month, mid, mid-June. You may or may not have gone to market with this fund by then, or you'll be very close to it. What, what'll be the minimum investment if, if I'm an investor? if I'm interested in investing in the fund? So our minimum investment is $25,000. We try to keep it as low as possible so we could open it up to as a wide array of individuals as possible. I think that most people that are looking at opportunity zone deals are usually looking to invest probably one hundred dollars to 250000 um, You know, And we've gotten some, some inquiries from folks who have a lot more than that as well. But um, the it's a $25,000 minimum. And... Uh, you know, a, a lot of people kind of are, they're like, wow, that's low. How are you going to handle all those investors? And we've got a, a great partnership with the guys at NES Capital, who's functioning as our custodian on this to, you know, to really uh, beef up that third party compliance and to get investors comfortable about how we're doing it. And um, that we have a portal and an investor portal. So we're able to accommodate kind of that smaller ticket item and, um, and, and be able to roll this out. We wanted to make it as accessible as possible to people. That's NES Financial, right? Correct. That's NES Financial, and um, you know I can't say enough great things. They've they've been excellent to work with, and um, you know we're excited about you know one of the things that we're working on with them too is you know this part of what we're trying to do at O's and what we were really, really excited about within the Opportunity Zone program, even before, you know, kind of this buzz started happening in the industry about, you know, measuring impact and measuring other types of things, not just the, you know, how much money you're going to make, is that we've been focused on impact investing, you know, since I set up my Satyrian company back in 2005. And so at O's, we've really made a point of investing time, energy, and resources into really making sure that we're having as much impact as possible, but also that we're measuring that impact and that we're really actively working with the local municipalities in order to maximize that impact. And then to be able to actually quantify it and put it into our investors' portals, you know, in conjunction with NES so that it's trackable and so that it'll be a seamless um, rollout to them as the reporting requirements come down from HUD and Treasury that have kind of been alluded to. That's not going to be a problem for us. We'll just, you know, 
add an extra column in there about what we want to, you know, what, what we need to report. And we'll be able to get that information out. More than likely, we'll already be reporting on that to folks anyhow. Um, we actually, we've got a, a Harvard PhD in economics on staff who is helping us to create our impact um, procedures and our impact resources about how we're, you know, how number one, how we're evaluating where we're going to be locating. Um, number two, working with the municipalities in order to maximize the, the different grants and job training, workforce development and local economic development opportunities there are, but then specifically about how we can work together side by side with municipalities and with other, you know, nonprofit organizations and folks to really make a difference in these communities. And to not just have lip service that, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of money at it, but that we're actually on the ground getting things done. And that's certainly one of the things that we are doing inside of us. You know, we've got a commitment that, you know, that we reinvest and that we put uh, 10% of, of what we make back into the community via giving strategy. So, uh, you know, I like to I like to challenge people to put their money where their mouth is. And we certainly do that on our end as well. Well, that's great. And I, I applaud you for that. I applaud you for the effort you're taking to do some self-reporting um, before it's even mandated by Treasury, whether or not it will be mandated by Treasury or, or how it will be man- mandated by Treasury. It's good to see that some funds and funds like yours in particular are are kind of stepping up to the plate and making sure that we know to what extent the program is doing and what the funds are doing within the program, what types of numbers we're talking about, which census tracts are being affected and 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 other numbers that'll help us measure the success of the program. You know, I think I think it's going to be important to be able to do that so that you know that this doesn't get you know, built as, you know, a further advantage for the rich. You know, the whole point of of why they put this into place was to um, to have impact in these areas. And we want to make sure that we're doing that. And, you know, God bless them for how they were able to structure um, what they were able to on a very short timeline. I really applaud them because it has really made the... Number one, it's gotten the attention of the investment community. But then number two... You know, they've really actually done a great job of, you know, getting people to look at how they can put patient capital to work in these areas. And so, you know, it's just a kind of an added thing that we really want to focus on is to say, okay, how can we, in addition to that, how can we also come alongside the stakeholders and number one, find out what's most important, find out how we can, you know, really make a change in that area. And then, you know, how we can show that back to not only our investors, but kind of the investment community as a, as a whole as well. Yeah, that's terrific. And like I said, I, I applaud you for, for taking the efforts that you're doing to, to do that. I want to back up for a second and get your personal story here. Ashley, can you tell me a little bit more about your background? How did you get to where you are today? It looks like you've bounced around quite a bit over the years. Maybe you can uh, kind of take me through your career path that led you to this point. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting, you know, story and seemingly incongruous that uh, the, the, it was like all the God bless a broken road that led me straight to here. Right. And um, so I, I went to Chapel Hill for law school and got out and worked for a big firm and did corporate securities work for that big firm uh, and then went in house with a, a tenant and common sponsor 
and we were going crazy and you know during kind of that big push back in 2005 to 2007 of doing tenant and common transactions and we also raised a number of opportunity funds so that we could develop our own properties that we then would take out to our investors and uh, when the you know when the, the wheels came off the real estate business I ultimately back went back into um, doing corporate uh, M&A securities work and did kind of the I, I really had a passion for helping business owners and entrepreneurs being an entrepreneur myself and I had set up a consulting company called Satirian that uh, that did kind of social impact investing and also um, consulting for business owners about how to groom their businesses for sale. And so I, I actually did transactional work uh, through a, with a number of different law firms. And then I sold that M&A practice back in 2017 to be able to focus exclusively on doing that with a goal that we were going to create a fund that found great operators that really kind of matched up with our uh, our purpose-driven um, investment thesis and our desire to have impact. But to have impact in the form of running a really great business that made great profits for all of the stakeholders, for its shareholders, for its owners, for the employees, and for everybody involved. And so... Um, I was running that and was in the process of doing that. And I was actually at a, I said that I was at that CLE when I kind of heard about the Opportunity Zone program. And, I, you know, it occurred to me, I was like, wow, this is like 1031 and private equity got married and had this beautiful baby called Opportunity Zones. And so that's what led to us um, creating the O's companies that, uh, that, that does the consulting for folks that, uh, for business owners and for municipalities and for other folks who want to learn about it so that we can help them to get the word out, to help them in whatever way we can to try and take advantage of this program. That's one of our, our, our main core values is to lead with the giving hand. And so we try to do that by educating and by connecting folks inside of the space. And then as they get to know me and as I get to know them, a lot of times that will be the um, kind of the connector of how we ultimately shape uh, a go forward relationship where uh, we're functioning as a fund manager for a couple of developers that either have their own capital that they were that they're able to raise, that they're looking to raise, and that they want to focus on being a good developer and a good operator. And we're able to help them by being their fund manager. So it, it all kind of came full circle with all of these kind of seemingly disparate things where we were going to be doing this anyhow. And this provided the great tax benefit to how it all came together. So really excited about it. You get to make to your fund now for a minute. We were talking a little bit earlier about how you're leveraging Section 1202 of the tax code at the QOZB level of your fund. For those who don't have their head buried in the tax code, can you tell us more about what Section 1202 is exactly and, and how you're leveraging it, how it might provide you with some additional flexibility at exit? Yeah, so um, so I got to give and I you know I got to give a shout out to Blake Christian at HCVT for kind of the thought process on this, and um, he's doing some really kind of out of the box, cutting edge stuff of taking um, 
taking innovative concepts from other areas of the law and plugging them into this. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do as well within on, inside of our company is to take other things that we've had success in doing and that we've seen uh, applied successfully and kind of be a opportunity zone innovator, if you will. And to, you know, to come up with some cutting edge stuff that we hope will ultimately benefit our investors. And this 1202 piece is the, uh, is one of those. And section 1202 relates to qualified small business stock and applies to C corporation stock that, um, and there's a couple of requirements, but effectively, if you're starting a business now and you have it set up as a C corp, that if you sell it after five years, that you effectively get you, it, there's a similar tax advantage to the opportunities and program. You don't pay taxes on that sale. And so what it allows us to do is we are, are set up inside of our fund at the QOZB level where we start out as a pass through entity with the ability to convert. And in our case, we may convert very quickly because we're going to have lots of revenues kind of from the outset because we're buying an active company. But for companies that have startup losses, it allows them a little bit of ramp time that they can pass through those losses to their investors. And then they can convert to a C Corp, which like we just, I kind of talked about earlier, gives you the benefit of being able to reinvest into opportunity zone property and take advantage of that, you know, that differentiation between the 21% C Corp level tax rate and the 39% pass through. But what this allows is a contingency to where you get a really good offer or you've got a really good exit strategy that's prior to the 10 years. And you want to take advantage of that. And it allows you to be able to do that by kind of putting this section 1202 piece in there on the front end. And so effectively, what in this kind of comes into some other strategies that we're deploying in the context of how we're acquiring uh, each one of our individual portfolio companies and some stuff that we're putting in place relative to retention, employee retention, and that kind of thing is I'm all about mitigating downside risk as much as possible and coming up with contingency plans. And so this is one of those contingency plans that we're rolling out. Good, yeah, and that would provide you with some additional flexibility if you could start selling off these assets after uh, after five years instead of ten, provided that they that they meet the eligibility requirements of Section twelve hundred two. Of course, uh, I, that was, I just thought that was an interesting idea. I hadn't, uh, I, I might have heard that one only once or twice before. Um, so it's it's relatively unique. Tell me a little bit about uh, the other side of the O's group of companies, which is the consulting side of your business, the O's Consultants. Um, tell me what you're doing there exactly, who you're working with and and what type of services you offer. Yeah, so it's kind of soup to nuts on folks that we've engaged with, you know, anywhere from uh, single family um, rental developers to um, mini storage developers to even to municipalities. And, you know, what like I said kind of before, is our main goal and our main objective is to try and educate people as much as possible about the opportunity zones and about the requirements inside of the opportunity zones so that uh, we can allow people to take advantage of them. And whether that's somebody that wants to do their own fund or whether that's somebody that wants kind of a deeper ongoing relationship with us, 
we're really trying to harness and to leverage the knowledge and the expertise and the, you know, the staff and the personnel that we've put together to be able to, to benefit as many people as possible. And so, um, you know, we, we also have to get paid along the way. And so the consulting piece allows us to be able to do that instead of trying to figure out how you work some kind of purchase arrangement, that kind of thing on the front end. It allows us to work through deals and for me to be able to educate and just be able to share knowledge and for my team to be able to share knowledge and to connect people with other people and potential stakeholders and deals and that kind of thing that, you know, I don't necessarily know that we would have time or bandwidth to be able to do if we were just functioning as uh, as a fund manager. What it also has done is it's created a great deal flow um, and deal pipeline for us to where we're able to get plugged in with great operators and great people inside the industry. And, you know, we're then able to, you know, for the folks that we kind of mesh with culturally and that mesh with us culturally, we're able to make the transition into more of an ongoing relationship. So it's been really exciting because, you know, I've got, I'm, uh, I am a, uh, I'm a hopeless, hapless entrepreneur at heart. And I love having conversations with folks about lots of different stuff. And it's allowed me to do that. And it's allowed me to be able to, you know, to help them kind of go down the next steps of the process as they pursue whatever they're trying to do within the opportunity zones. So if I'm a developer with a project in an opportunity zone, particularly if it's in your, your region of the country, or if I'm a small business owner with a business inside of an opportunity zone or considering relocating to an opportunity zone, can I come to your consulting group and, and get some, some advice on how to structure a fund potentially or, or have you guys manage, manage a fund for me? Or is, is, what exactly are you providing for, for those types of individuals? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that the biggest key is, is that people... They, they know generally about the program and they really need help getting their arms around how we apply the program to their specific situation. And then, you know, how to identify and to source a great professional team to assist them with the process. And so, like you said, whether that's a developer or, and to your point, I mean, I've helped because I'm in the M&A space and that's kind of the world that I operate in. We've helped a lot of business owners that are exiting businesses figure out how they're going to deploy that capital and how they can take advantage of the Opportunity Zone program to, um, to, to really have a drastic impact upon their wealth generation by mitigating, at least deferring the taxes on the gain that they've had. And so, you know, so for some that's, you know, they want to buy another business. And so we help them structure that and we help them put together the framework for how they do that. Um, for some, it's that they want to, they, they want to make investments into other deals. And so obviously we've got our own fund, but then we're also working with a number of other funds so that if they're not necessarily interested in exactly what I've got, I direct them to other great operators and fund managers that I know for them to be able to place funds with them. And then I think the final piece is that, you know, one of the things that we've tried to really do is we've tried to, um, to educate municipalities and to work with them to really get on the front end of how they take advantage of the program and how they present themselves as being attractive to investment. 
And, you know, that comes from, uh, you know, so I, I worked with a, a county in a town with uh, Madison Street with Aaron Gillespie, who I believe was a, a, another guest on your on your podcast. And, you know, they're putting together a prospectus for them. And then we come in and we add kind of the, the, the extra sauce of that of, OK, as a fund that is looking to relocate operating businesses, these are the types of things that we want to see in that prospectus. These are the types of things that we need to be able to have and resources that would be beneficial for us to be able to rely upon you for. And so um, it's been really neat to see how, um, you know, kind of all of this stuff has come together and that opportunity zone consulting piece has been kind of the vehicle for being able to do that. And then out of that, right, we've got our, you know, our fund that's come to fruition. And then we are actively, you know, serving as a, we're helping some developers right now as they walk through the fund management piece. And um, it's, it's been neat. It's been neat to be able to help people. No, that sounds great. And yeah, Aaron Gillespie, was a previous guest on my podcast. She was featured in podcast episode number 14, a community-driven approach to opportunity zone investing. So I encourage everyone to check out that episode after after you've listened to my conversation with Ashley today. So it sounds like you can help a lot of different people with their very specific questions about what they can do in the opportunity zone space. I get emails constantly from people asking me questions. Uh, it seems like everyone has a very unique situation. I might start passing along some of them to you if you don't mind. <laughs> sure. And I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that we can do for those folks right now is to, and I'm a firm believer in this, that, you know, there's, there's really nothing new under the sun. And I've got some, you know, I'm an idea guy, so I generate ideas. And I, that's what I love to do. One of the things that I love to do with that is to share those ideas so that other people can run with them because that's what this is all about. You know, this isn't about, you know, trying to hoard things and be like, ah, this is mine. And yeah, you've got to come through me. This is about us as a community trying to get this information out there to get people educated about this so that we can really, really, really drive money to these areas that need it really bad. And so, you know, one of the things that I would say, and I'd say, you know, on this forum is that, you know, people can do this themselves too within their communities, you know, to get a hold of their stakeholders, you know, your economic development representative, your municipal um, representative who's assisting with, you know, economic development type stuff as well. And, you know, any kind of organization, whether that's, you know, housing, uh, that kind of thing, and starting to pool those people together and or facilitate or get them to assist you with bringing all of those people into a room is invaluable. And one of the things that I've told people too is that, you know, there's lots of people who will come and speak to a group of folks like that. I regularly make this, you know, that, that I'll come and speak. If you could put 30 people in a room that I'll come and I'll speak to that room because it's valuable for me to be able to get this information out there. If anything, just to be able to do good with that. And so the, I think that, that we as a community can start doing things along those lines to start educating people about this because education eliminates objection. And when people really see that we're really trying to help, it's, it's going to become clear that this isn't just a play for people to get richer. This is a play for us to really make an impact. Absolutely. So yeah, please talk to your 
local community leaders, talk to the mayor's office, talk to your county officials, get people in a room and call Ashley Tyson, call Aaron Gillespie, get them to speak to your group and get them educated, right? <laughs> yeah, I better watch out on that offer, right? <laughs> yeah, you, your phone's going to start blowing up now. So you mentioned that you're an ideas guy. I want to talk to you about an idea that uh, that we were talking about a little earlier before before we got on the show here. You're planning a second O's fund or Opportunity Zone fund that you referred to me as a sell-in fund that would it would essentially provide a, a succession plan, growth plan, recapitalization plan, and, and social impact plan for small business owners um, and operating businesses. Can you tell me a little bit more about that idea? So this kind of stems out of what we do at Soterian. You know, so our we help and, and at Soterian, we we help business owners find their why, find their how, and we find their win. And um, in, in as we have done that with business owners and we put them through a program as well, where we put them into a mastermind group, we vest them with great professional resources and we focus on the eight drivers of company value that really make a business attractive to a prospective purchaser. And they can usually get them an extra turn on cash flow in their valuation and in their multiple that they exit with. And, and as we've gone through that process and as we've worked with the business owners that we have, you know, there's these subjects that keep coming up that you just mentioned, succession plan, growth capital, um, and, you know, expansion, the potential to be able to grow through mergers and acquisition. And so, you know, being the idea guy that I am, as I saw those things kind of consistently popping up, I was like, you know, what would be really fantastic is if we had a fund that could come in and help these folks with in whatever position they're in. If they need a succession plan and we've got a good operator that we can plug into that company, you know, we do that. If they need growth capital where they're really excited about continuing the business, but they, you know, they need, they've got an opportunity that they need to seize on that we provide that. And or if they want to expand their facilities, they want to expand their operations, they need to grow that we provide capital for that. And so that's what led to this idea of a sell-in fund where we can do all of those things. But in addition to that, what we're going to, and, and this is the, the theory of it, and we're working through the details of this right now, and we're hoping to be live with this soon. But we're conceptually an owner. We go to an owner and we say, listen, we'd like to purchase your company. And you know, here's... We're, we do evaluation. We do those as part of what we do in our everyday process. And then we base our multiple on how much and what they're going to do on a go-forward basis, ideally being that they reinvest either all, depending on the size of the fund and the size of the company that we're buying, or a portion of their proceeds back into the fund. And then we provide them with growth capital for being able to grow their business. And we hire them back to do specifically that. And we comp them for the growth. And we're working on some of the bells and whistles relative to that, but um, and how we can shift as much of that to, you know, to the back end on the exit as possible. But we effectively allow business owners to be able to take advantage of what uh, what we're doing with Rick. And so so Rick and Synergy is the, you know, that's the the 
the basis of this fund. And we're evaluating right now whether this is going to be, you know, micro funds or kind of be one big fund, but we're leaning in the direction of it being a big fund so that there's also the diversification across industries as well to where, um, you know, people, as they sell into this fund, that they then also glean the benefit of, of other business owners that are selling in as well. And ultimately, it becomes its own community, right? A community of these folks that are not only vested with great professional resources backing them up, but most importantly, that have a passion for having a purpose behind their company and who want to make a difference. And we're going to help them do that not only by running a great company and by being a great boss to their employees and a great employer for their employees, but by showing them how we can move them into these areas and how we can really, really have change in these areas. So that's the, the, the big picture concept. Uh, you know, stay tuned for details. Oh, that sounds really exciting and uh, a pretty neat idea. Getting toward the end of our conversation here, but wanted you to just kind of plead your case one more time here. I know you're very passionate about the Opportunity Zones program. Can you just describe at a high level what it means to you and, and why you're so passionate about it? Yeah. So, I mean, this goes back to, I mean, this, and I think that it mirrors my journey, right? And that I had to do some deep soul searching relative to what it was that, that I wanted to do. And that ultimately stems out of who I am. And I had to look deep to do that. And, you know, I had to make some changes in order to align with that. And that's what kind of led me through my journey of, you know, selling my law firm and, and going into consulting and going into um, helping business owners. And I, and I think that you've probably heard this word coming out of my mouth a lot, but there's a passion to help and there's a passion to do right by others. You know, one of my, uh, core values in my person, my personal mission statement is to make a difference, to make a difference in my, my big picture of what I'm here on this earth to do within my life, but also to make a difference in every interaction that I have. And so opportunity zones are a chance for folks who have pent up capital gains to make a difference. And so our fund in our whole company is focused on exactly that. We're focused on making a difference and we're going to do that and we're going to make a great profit for our investors along the way. But that's first and foremost, what we're all about is that we're about having impact, both impact in the communities where we're going into and bringing not just investment dollars and growth via that, but by, by bringing programs, by bringing resources, relationships, connections, and Really having people that are interested and excited about getting plugged in. And then we're also interested in making a difference in the lives of our business owners and the people that we partner with. We obviously want to, you know, we want them to do well by their families. We're really, really excited about the wealth creation opportunities that this tax legislation creates. Um, but that's secondary to the true opportunity here. And, you know, I know that everybody in the industry is sick of that word, but it really is. It's an opportunity to make a difference. It's an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of 
developers, of builders, of business owners who want to have impact. And, you know, that's across the board, right? That's from just moving, literally just by moving your business into these zones, you have drastic impact, let alone when you couple it up with some really intentional efforts to really figure out what they need and figure out how you can resource that need via the resources that you already have. It's about stewardship, right? About navigating those resources and maximizing them for the benefit, to maximize the benefit for people who are ultimately going to, um, to, to, to be able to be blessed by that. And so that's what, that's what we're excited about. And, um, and we're going to, we're certainly going to do well by investors, you know, the, our numbers and it, you know, I think speak for themselves that, that we're interested in, in returning a great number for our investors too, but that's what our focus is. Do well while doing good, right? Exactly right. Doing good, doing good. Well, very well, very well put. Um, before we go, is a question I posed to a lot of my podcast guests and I've gotten some pretty interesting answers. I'd like your answer now. What's been the most memorable investment that you've made over the course of your career? Is there anything in particular that stands out to you? So it's actually it's actually kind of fun because um, I think it might have been my first investment, my first like true investment. Um, it was when I was at the tail end of working at the big firm and um, I was really wrestling with this, you know, the, this stirring that I had inside of me to make a difference. And obviously, I was making a difference in the lives of my clients and that kind of thing. But I wanted to really be able to do something on the ground. And um, I, I'm not really sure how I got plugged in with this guy, but um, he uh, he was a, a commissioner that had to sell people's homes when they went into a nursing home. And so he called me with a, a, a situation where a woman had gone into a nursing home and he was having to liquidate her assets in order to make her eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. And uh, she had an adult son who lived in the home where they had had to take her out of. And he kind of told me about the situation. I said, listen, I said, you know what? I was like, this is actually something that I've really been interested in doing. I said, you know, I, I'm going to set up a company to buy that house. And there was actually a lot next door. I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to do handle it like a wholesale or something on the lot. And I was like, I will, I'll take care of him and basically cover that house for him at my cost as a way to be able to bless him and to give back. And so that birthed Soterian. And, um, you know, that was the first investment that we made. And, um, he was, he was awesome. He was, uh, a, a great guy. I really enjoyed getting to know him and to, you know, I, I had the fortunate opportunity to be able to bring my kids over and work in his yard and do some other stuff that I hope made a difference. Um, unfortunately he passed recently. Um, and so I ultimately sold his house cause it was kind of in the, it's funny is that I sold it before I knew about opportunity zones and <laughs> he's in an opportunity zone. So I hope the gentleman that bought it is, uh, is knowledgeable about it, but, um, it, it, it really made it, it kind of set the stage for, um, you know, what I am trying to do within, you know, my investment thesis and investment strategy. And so kind of out of that, I ended up, um, kind of through similar connections in that real estate community, 
I ended up buying a mobile home park and, uh, that, uh, that mobile home park, you know, it, it, I'd always heard that mobile home parks are great, that, you know, they're great cash flow streams and that kind of thing. And, uh, it was, it was, it's been fantastic out there, but I also learned (laughs) about, uh, you know, tenant management and septic tanks and broken water lines and really, really mean dogs. And uh, thankfully, I didn't have to get any rabies shots. But um, that mobile home park has been a PhD in, uh, you know, in uh, in real estate investing. But it's been one that's actually been really neat because I've had the opportunity to be able to get to know a lot of the people out there and um, to help a couple of them with some uh, different legal issues Um, and uh, to, you know, to just kind of generally try and provide and, you know, you know, I think mobile homes kind of mobile home parks kind of get a bad rap, but, uh, you know, unfortunately they're some of the few affordable housing that's left out there. And so um, I'm actually, actually in the process of exiting that investment um, as part of this opportunity zone program, right? The, the opportunity zones have provided the opportunity where now it's like, oh yeah, I need to, you know, I need to probably go ahead and move that one. And the folks that I'm exiting it to um, have their, we're actually in conversations about them um, maybe doing a, a, an opportunity zone fund. And so, you know, this whole concept and, you know, I guess it's kind of pay it forward investing, if you will, but I've seen it within the concept of doing good, doing good. I have reaped the benefit of sowing that good in spades. And so I'm excited about these folks and what they're going to do with the park and that they're actually going to keep it a, a park and keep it to where it's an affordable housing alternative for folks. And um excited about helping them, you know, figure out how they can navigate the opportunity zone play as well. Well, that sounds great. That's a impactful story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Ashley, thanks for your time today. I appreciate our conversation here. Uh, before we go, can you tell us where we can go to learn more about you and the O's group of companies? Yeah, so it's www.osrollover.com. That's not us. That's osrollover.com, but it it functions with the same O. <laughs> and um, I'm available at uh, A Tyson, and that's spelled with an I, like Tyson, like Bison, uh, at osrollover.com. And my, I think that you're going to put my. Um, I'm a big fan of giving out my cell phone number. And I'd love for people to be able to reach out and touch me and, you know, get a hold of me so that, you know, that we can continue the conversation. Good. Well, give us your cell phone number then. <laughs> How about we put that one in the show notes? <laughs> All right. We'll put that one in the show notes. If you, if you want to, uh, if you want to find Ashley's cell phone number, you got to visit the website. Uh, so yeah, I'll have show notes for this episode on the Opportunity Zones database website. You can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. I'll have links to all of the resources that Ashley and I discussed on today's show. And I'll have Ashley's cell phone number on there too, so you can hit them up. Ashley, I really appreciate your time. Again, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Jimmy. Really appreciate uh, you and what you're doing within this space. Once again, getting that information out is key. And so thank you for what you're doing. And uh, thanks again for, for having me on the program. You bet. Thank you. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. 
If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting OpportunityDB.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.